healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Valley Well Valle Salud. I'm your host, Lauren Vargas. Whether you're a weekend warrior or a professional athlete, sports injuries are never something we want to deal with. So how do we prevent these types of injuries and how do we deal with them when they happen? Joining us to discuss is Dr. John Green with District Medical Group. He's a board-certified orthopedic surgeon specializing in sports injuries for patients at Valleywise Health. Dr. Green, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So let's start back at the basics, if you don't mind. Can you explain to us what it is you do? What is sports medicine? Sports medicine is a way to get active people back to doing the things they love after an injury prevents them from doing so. Okay. So how would that be different than general orthopedics or physical therapy? The concepts are similar, but instead of, for instance, in orthopedics uh, being finished when your bone is healed, sports medicine's not really finished until you're back doing what you really enjoy. Okay. So what are some of the most common things that you see? What, what sort of treatments do you offer? Most sports injuries are to the knee or the shoulder. So those are the things we see the most frequently. Injuries to the knee include injuries to the ligaments, the menisci, and the gliding surface cartilage. Those can include ligament tears, meniscus tears, overuse problems with tendons or even tendon ruptures. Okay. So that's a lot of big words. I wasn't really sure what that meant. Can you kind of explain, you know, some scenarios that you see, some patient examples without going into too much detail, obviously, um, of the types of people you see and what happened to them? Sure. Most of the people we see are not professional athletes. They're weekend warriors who enjoy being active. And uh, we see people who, for instance, are playing basketball with their children and they go to make a quick turn. They feel something give way in their knee. They fall down and then they think, oh, what happened there? And so the, the first thing about uh, uh, an injury to your knee is, well, can you get up and, and walk? If you can't really get up and walk after a couple of minutes, then that's something that we would want to see pretty soon to take an x-ray and make sure that no bones are broken. If you can get up and walk and feel like, okay, something bad happened, but I can still get around and, and walk, then we start thinking about, all right, maybe uh, an injury to the menisci or an ACL, for instance. Those are some common injuries that happen when you're twisting and turning quickly in sports and you feel something bad happen. Those are injuries that are not quite so urgent, but seeing somebody soon can help get you on the right path, make the diagnosis and uh, get you back to doing things a little quicker. Sometimes it's just rehabilitation. 
and other times it's uh, it's a surgical intervention. So you said the knee and the shoulder are by far the most common. Why is that? Why are those some of the most common places to to get injuries when you're being active? The knee is more common because you're weight bearing on your knee and what's different in sports than activities of daily living in, in general is the speed with which people make change of directions. So quick change of directions puts more strain on ligaments. And so we see more injuries with quick changes of directions. Also in sports, uh, there's other people around. And so you may be knocked off balance or you may want to change the direction you're going quickly because you see your opponent doing something uh, different. So those are some things that cause the, the patients to want to quickly change direction and the change of direction is what causes many of these injuries. If you're just tuning in with us, we're talking with Dr. John Green, a district medical group orthopedic surgeon at Valleywise Health, about common sports injuries and how to deal with them. You can make an appointment at Valleywise Health by calling 833-855-9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. So what are some overall tips? What should someone do right after an injury happens to prevent it from getting worse? Ice and elevation are probably the two simplest things to do, and they help pretty much any injury. Ice and elevation. Okay. So what about heat? Is there any time when you should be using, you know, a hot pad or heating pad instead of ice? Uh, Not for an acute injury. A hot pad can be helpful for things that are more chronic in nature. And so if you are a runner, for instance, and you have um, slowly developed some pain in, uh, in an area of one of your tendons, then sometimes some heat can be uh, helpful for that sort of situation. But in the acute injury situation, then no, we typically prefer ice. So ice and elevation, and how long are you supposed to stay that way doing that? So ice for about 10 minutes is, is about the optimal time for, for icing. So just a big bag of ice in, in the situation with the knee, it's just a big bag of ice over the front of the knee, and uh, that is very helpful to do multiple times per day. Multiple times a day. Okay. And how do you know whether it's serious enough to seek, you know, further medical care, whether that be an emergency room or just call your doctor's office for a visit in a couple days? You know, how do you kind of judge that? So a lot of minor injuries will get better very quickly. They also are not associated with much in the way of noticeable swelling. So if you look at your knee and it looks the same as the other knee, then there's probably not much in the way of swelling in there. And that may be more likely to be a a minor injury. I want to introduce um, the audio producer for this show, Chencho Flores. He has a couple questions for you. 
First question, and this is something that you hear people say pretty often in the sports world. I don't know if it's ever true. I've never actually asked, but is it true that it's that spraining your ankle is worse than breaking your ankle? Um, I don't know about worse, but a sprained ankle may take longer to get well from and feel back to normal than a broken ankle. So a broken ankle, when you break one of the bones of the ankle, bone heals with new bone and that will be as strong as it ever was. When you injure the ligaments, such as a sprained ankle, those ligaments heal with scar. And so the scar will not be as strong as it ever was. But most of the time, the scar from a sprained ankle is sufficient that your ankle should work pretty normally and typically recover pretty well. But it might take longer than a break to get better from. Talk a little bit about sports medicine has advanced. Uh, for example, uh, you know, it wasn't so long ago that getting a knee injury playing football or basketball was kind of a, a death sentence for your career or for your weekend warrior activities. Nowadays, you see guys like, you know, Adrian Peterson a few years ago who, who severely injured his knee and he was back on the field within just a few months. How have things changed and how have things progressed in that, in that area? So we've improved so much. First, with uh, technology, we have the ability to see things that we didn't see before the use of MRI. Now MRI is pretty widespread, and so we can make diagnoses that we had a hard time making, such as partial injuries to ligaments and tendons. Secondly, the technology has improved our ability to repair and replace these tendons. Arthroscopic surgery was brought to this country in the 1980s, and the techniques have continued to be developed uh, with new and exciting advances in the method with which we are able to rebuild the ligaments and repair menisci, repair tendons. So we've made a lot of progress in those, th in, in those areas. Also, we've had a much better understanding of the rehabilitation. If you tore your ACL a long time ago, you might have got an ACL repair or a similar operation, but then you might be in a cast for six weeks. So we no longer do that. So we're able to provide stronger initial fixation with the surgical techniques that we're able to do. So we're able to move right away. We're able to start the rehabilitation much sooner, which makes for a much shorter rehab and actually a, a, a much better situation for the patients in terms of their ability to return to the activities they like. That's actually very true for, for me because um, I have torn tens tendons in my shoulders. I was a cameraman for a long time. When I was told that I had torn tendons, I thought for sure, like, that's it. I'm going to have surgery. Wasn't the case at all. I've had physical therapy. I've had a shot of cortisone about a year ago, and I'm feeling fantastic, which is, you know, great news considering that I was looking at, or in my head, looking at surgery. So we've increased our understanding of how things work. And so you mentioned the rotator cuff. That's a very commonly 
injured area of the shoulder. It's a group of tendons that keep the humeral head placed in the socket. And so they're smaller muscles, but they're very important for how the shoulder works. We are able to diagnose partial tears. And so all rotator cuff tears do not need to have a surgical fix. But the ones that happen traumatically, those typically do need to have a surgery to repair them. The ones that happen slowly over time, most of the time do not need surgery and do well with uh, proper rehabilitation. Dr. John Green is answering your top questions about sports medicine, and you can make an appointment at Valleywise Health by calling 833-855-9973, or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. I know Chencha was talking about his injuries, and I, I don't consider myself old yet, but I certainly can't do the things I used to do. Everything feels a lot stiffer and tighter. And so how does age impact the types of injuries that you might, that might happen to you? So age is uh, an interesting thing because age usually comes with decreased activity. So the body is made to maintain itself only to the extent that you use your body. Linus Pauling, who was a pretty famous guy, won a couple of Nobel prizes. He thought that if you're body was able to increase its activity, then it may not physiologically age. So it's an interesting concept and it's impossible to actually continue to increase your activity year after year. But what happens with most people is that we become less active with age. And that less activity means that we have less muscle so we have less muscle strength. Our tendons also then have less strength. We do less change of direction activities. So our ligaments actually become a little bit different shaped and, in, and decrease in size. So all these things contribute to the ability to injure yourself with less and less intense activities the older you get. It's mostly about your activity level, not necessarily your chronological age. The problem with uh, life is that you, you have to work <laughs> generally, and your work is not generally the same as uh, your play. So very few of us are professional athletes where we are playing sports as our job. Because of that, and more and more jobs are less and less active as technology improves. So just sitting around all day is not the best thing for your body. Your musculoskeletal system really wants to move and to run around. And so that's the biggest problem with age. How do you prevent it? Well, you try to stay active and the more you can do and the more activity that you can do over the whole week instead of just concentrating all your physical activity on the weekends, the better off you'll be as far as preventing injuries. 
That makes a lot of sense. And so I'll ask another personal question because I used to run a lot. I would go on several mile runs, you know, in high school and college. And now um, I still try um, a couple days a week, but it hurts. My knees and my hips are hurting. So as you get older and if you're maybe looking for lower impact exercises or something that you want to stay active but not be, you know, further injuring yourself, what what do you recommend? So with running, um, lots of people like to run. And if you're able to divide it up into smaller segments, then you can still maybe get almost the same amount of running in if you're able to divide it up over the week. But if you really only have time on the weekends, then you may look to do something that's lower impact on your joints. Or if you've had an injury already and your joint is not normal anymore, then you may want to do some lower impact activities. So in terms of things that are like running but are lower impact, you have treadmills. So a treadmill, you would run and you would still get the running motion, but the impact on your joints would be less. Even less impact than the treadmill would be something like an elliptical or a stair stepper. And even less impact than the elliptical would be a bicycle. So you would get the same you know, motion or maybe even more motion on a bicycle, but you would not have the same impact on your joints. And so the muscles are very important for providing shock absorption for the joints. So having stronger muscles is really important. That's one of our rehabilitation techniques is to build up the muscles in lower impact activities. Even if the goal is to get you back to running, we will start with lower impact things to build up your muscle strength and endurance. Okay. Those are really good tips. Um, thank you for that. So how how can we prevent an injury from even happening? Um, do you recommend stretching before you exercise? Or I, I've seen some people, you know, don't recommend that and they recommend to stretch afterwards. Or what else can we do? There is kind of two schools of thought. One is the stretching and the second is a warm-up where you do something to just get your pulse rate up and get your body heated up. So those are two different things, and both seem to be somewhat helpful in injury prevention, but maybe doing both of them together might be better than either one. There's some conflicting data on the optimal way to go about that pre-activity uh, stretching or warm-up. Which do you do first? Which is more important? If you only have time, what do you do? And from the scientific standpoint, uh, I'm not sure that we know the right answer for exactly that. But I think people figure out what feels better to them. Some people really like the feeling of stretching out beforehand and uh, really enjoy that, whereas others don't like stretching and prefer to just do a little warm-up before activities. Both are helpful for preventing injuries. 
Do you have any recommendations for good equipment that you can use, um, like really good shoes or something like that? So if you're a runner, your shoes are the most important piece of equipment that you have. And you have to have shoes that fit. And people walk and run with different types of gates. So the gait is a description of how your body goes through the running cycle. So since feet and running styles are different, there are different types of shoes that have been developed. And so getting the right shoe is going to be really important to fit your foot as well as your running style. And so those uh, two considerations are um, usually best addressed with uh, a store that really sells a lot of running shoes that um, has people that are trained to help you to figure out what type of foot you have and even what type of running gait you have if you don't already know those things. There are some really cool stores out there now that, you know, watch you run on a treadmill and can kind of do a little scan of your body. And uh, absolutely, there's a lot of resources out there. So let's talk about surgery for a little bit. I know that's probably the last um, case scenario that, you know, patients want to deal with, but it does happen. Um, How can someone kind of prepare for their surgery? Well, Clean, healthy living is a good preparation for everything. So bad habits like smoking are problematic, and we like to have folks quit before an operation, mostly because it improves your chances of uh, getting through your anesthetic and also decreases the problems that we have with healing smoking decreases your healing. So we really like to have people not smoke. But in terms of other um, other things, after you're hurt, there are some things that we want to have an operation to fix right away. And those are things like uh, broken bones, tendons that are torn, those things do better if we can operate them quickly after the injury. The ligament problems, the most common of which is uh, an ACL or anterior cruciate ligament, we have learned that actually doing some rehabilitation after the injury helps to shorten the entire rehabilitation course. So it makes the surgery go better for an ACL to recover from the initial injury prior to having the surgery to reconstruct the ACL. Okay. Um, And I know we're opening a new clinic in Peoria um, in February of 2021 um, out at Grand Avenue and Cotton Crossing. Let's talk about um, some of the services you'll be offering there. Will you be doing those surgeries out there? Yes. it's It's a beautiful facility. So I've been out there and um, there's a surgery center right on site. The offices to see patient are right 
there in the same building. So there's uh, imaging there and uh, lab work there. So a lot of the capabilities that we need to take care of injuries are right in the same building. That's really exciting. Um, and I really appreciate all the time you spent with us today going over um, some of these great questions on sports medicine. Um, if you missed today's show, we'll have a recording available on valleywisehealth.org slash be well, or you can search for the podcast, um, Valleywell Valley Salute, wherever you get your podcasts. Dr. Green, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Lauren. We hope you enjoyed listening to Valleywell Valle Salute, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you've heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There you'll find blogs and videos from our healthcare providers, and you can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.